I want to take you again to the word of the Lord. I wish preaching was as easy as it looks sometimes. There's a few times in life you just wish you had an eject button and you could just push it. Sometimes you pray for the rapture to come. (laughs) Psalms chapter 94. Psalms chapter 94. I want to pick up at verse number 16. And I want to read down just a few verses. Verse number 16 of Psalms 94. And everybody that has it, say amen. If you don't have it, look up. It is on the wall. The psalmist asked the question, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, when he takes account of his own bearings and realizes how desperate his situation is, he said, I, I am slipping, I am falling. Thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. And I love verse number 19. He said, in the multitude of, thy, of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while about dancing in the midst of your worries. (laughs) Oh, I wish that would happen tonight. I wish a realization would come over some of you that would make you realize that God's hand has been on you in spite of everything that has happened against you. Amen. Amen. And that God has kept you. And for that reason, you ought to rejoice tonight. Amen. You ought to lift up your voice and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. I like how the Revised Standard Version puts it. It reads like this. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me your consolations delight my soul amen let me talk to you for a little while about that tonight god help me i pray i'm just a human vessel lord and i am nothing but you are everything let the word of god be magnified in every heart tonight and let us leave this place rejoicing, O Lord, that you are our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I read the story recently of Corey Ten Boom's autobiography, The Hiding Place, and in that um, Hiding Place uh, book that she wrote, she tells the story of her father and her sister who were living in Holland during the Nazi occupation and uh, they were of a Jewish family and eventually uh, they, being hidden by friends, were uh, found out and their father soon died and Betsy and Corey Ten Boom were taken off to one of the concentration camps. During their horrible imprisonment, Corey and Betsy were imprisoned together and Betsy grew extremely ill and it didn't look like she was going to survive. Her physical uh, problems mounted and, and, and yet in spite of that, she was able to maintain an amazing perspective on the sovereignty of God and the hand of God on her life. And it was all based upon scriptures that she had been taught and she had learned as a child. And when Corey would get impatient and discouraged, Betsy would say to her, Corey, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. We cannot lose our thankful hearts. And so, though they were crammed in dormitories with hundreds of women and they lived in deplorable conditions, the place was completely infested with fleas. So much so that they were in their beds and in their hair and even in their foods. And having to live with that day in and day out, Corey somehow became overwhelmed and could not stand it. And when she would get to the breaking point, her sister Betsy would say to her, in everything, give thanks. And uh, so it was. Corey had a Bible. She had managed to smuggle a Bible into that place. And one night in fear and trepidation, she pulled it out and she began to gather around her some of the other women and they began to read the Word of God. And they feared at any moment the guards would come in and beat them and take them away to the gas chambers. But that never happened. They were able to come again the next night and the next night. And for many, many weeks they were able to gather together and and they were able to read the Word of God and find some source of encouragement there. Finally, one day, the fleas got the best of Corey, and she just threw up her hands to her sister and said, I can't take this anymore. I can't stand any more fleas. And her sister looked at her and said, Sister, let me remind you, in everything, give thanks. She said, if it had not been for the fleas, the guards would have already come in and taken our Bible away. So thank God for the fleas. Amen. Now, I don't know how many of us could really have that kind of attitude, but it would do us well tonight 
to somehow get hold of that kind of spirit that in everything we could give thanks for we are more than conquerors through him that strengthens us. I read tonight on the walls the song that we read or we sang and it said simply his joy, our strength. And I believe that that is the reality of what God wants all of us to understand. The writer of this particular psalm is not known. There are many historians who believe that it was a psalm that was written after the exiles had come back from Babylonian captivity. Whoever it was, there is something that we clearly understand about them. And that was that they were in a very difficult place. They were beset by doubts and difficulties and there were fears within and there were fightings without. When they began to look around, when he or she began to look around, he realized that there was no helper around. There was no man There was no woman. Nobody stood with him. And unless the Lord had been his help, he said, unless the Lord had lifted him up, he would have no doubt succumbed to the pressures of the moment. But the reality was the Lord had held him up. And then he goes on to say that life had become so precarious that his footing had slipped. And the tense of the verb that is used in the Hebrew indicates that the singer himself felt like he had already gone beyond the point of no return. He felt like he was a lost cause. But here again, the mercy of God held him up and did not let him slip. And then he goes into an avenue that troubled not only him but many of us even tonight. And he said, even my thoughts are tormenting me. Even my thoughts are multiplied and they are troubling me. He described his situation in these terms. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me. The word thoughts in the Hebrew renders itself to mean doubt or even wandering thought. And it is suggested that they were anxious thoughts, thoughts that were provoked by cares and worries and perplexities. Here was a man who was disturbed and distressed and overwhelmed. And the thoughts which have come into his mind, they are not bright and encouraging or pleasant thoughts. They are thoughts that came like a flood over his mind and he was distracted and he was troubled by what was going on in his mind almost to the point of giving up. And in times of trouble, many times the misery of the saint is more in his thoughts than in his actual troubles. How many of us would admit tonight That in times of troubles, our thoughts are usually multiplied. They come profusely. They're not rare and exceptional, but they are found in all of us. 
nor are they found to be only a few. They are multiplied, and there's a multitude of them. They come to us like the sparks flying off of the anvil. And isn't it true that they never run solo? They always run in a pack, restless in their pursuit of us, trying to overwhelm us and cause us to fall and give up. And encircling our mind, they paralyze us and they cause us to want to succumb. He could protect himself from things that came from without. But how could he protect himself from the things that came from within? How could he stand against the influence of his own thoughts? And then he discovered something. When he thought he couldn't make it, he did. When he thought he was going to be overwhelmed, he wasn't. When he thought he was going down, he didn't. When he thought the game was up, the Lord pushed a button and gave him an extended window of playing time. And the singer discovered that the reason that I'm still on my feet tonight is not because of anything that I have done but it's because of everything that God has done in my life. My life is upheld by the consolations of my awesome God. Amen. The singer found a key to life in that one statement, Your consolations delight my soul. The comforts have caught, or, or, or one translation says, Thy comforts have caused me to leap and dance for joy. Amen. When my thoughts were overwhelming, all of a sudden there's something greater than my thoughts that show up. When my thoughts are perplexing and troubling, suddenly there's a presence that's greater than my strongest thought. He had been able to bear the uneasy and anxious thoughts because there was something undergirding him and holding him up. It was the comfort of an almighty God. I don't know about you, but the only reason that I stand in this pulpit tonight is because underneath me are the everlasting arms. And there are hands that hold me tonight that will not let me go and they will not let me fall. Amen. My thoughts may overwhelm me at times, but His comforts are greater than my thoughts. Amen. His comforts are greater than my fears. These comforts did not just pacify the mind. They brought joy into the heart. They didn't only satisfy the soul, they ravished the soul. They not only quieted the soul, they delighted that soul. Because he was held up by the hand of an almighty God. Not lifted out, but held up. Sometimes I believe the reason that God leaves us in our dilemma is to show the devil how weak he is. That I can uphold him by my finger. That I can uphold him by my thoughts. That I can keep him from falling in spite of everything that hell could do against him. God didn't take away the burden. He just enabled him to bear it. 
Sometimes the greatest victories in life come from just showing up. Amen. Because God has held you up. Amen. The reason you're here tonight is because somewhere in your life when those thoughts came like a flood, thoughts like you're not going to make it and you're a loser or you're no account or you're going down or you'll never beat this, something beyond those thoughts spoke into your life and said, oh, yes, you will because my blood is stronger than your worst nightmare sin. My love is greater than your greatest failure. My strength is greater than your weakness. And I will uphold you. I will keep you. I will sustain you. Amen, amen. What are his consolations that so overjoyed this man that made him want to dance in the middle of his troubles? Amen. That wanted, made, made him want to rejoice and run the aisles when his mind was trying to tell him something different. When his mind was trying to tell him that the game was up, there was God on the other side saying, No, it isn't. It ain't over till I say it's over. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. There was something about God's work and God's love that was stronger than the strongest thought that came to his mind. And the consolation to me was this that it's just a thought. And a thought cannot kill you. Amen. Some of you need to get a hold of that tonight. Because some of your thoughts have driven you to worry and stress and fretting and wondering and all the other stuff that it brings with you. But I'm here to tell you that a thought cannot kill you. And the Lord tried to get that through. It's just a thought. It's going to pass away. But I'm still here. And the thought may change, but God will not change. And things may change, but I will remain the same. The consolations that God brought to him were things like Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord my peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who protects, the Lord who keeps, the Lord who is my banner. Those were the consolations that when you are weak, I am strong. That when you fail, I will never fail. Hallelujah. It ought to make you want to just stand up in the midst of your worries and say, look at me. Hallelujah. I'm going to learn how to rejoice in the midst of my sorrow. I'm going to learn how to dance in the midst of my worries. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Maybe that was one of the consolations that came to him. Maybe the fact that God forgives and he casts our sin behind his back. Maybe that was the consolation. Maybe it was the blood of a sacrifice that he understood was, a, a, was the mercy of God over his life. Maybe it was the Lord that had just held him up when everything else was trying to tear him down. There were hands that held him up. 
There were hands that helped him. There were hands that reached out to him. There were hands that steadied him. Even when his feet were about to slip, there was a hand that rested on him and said, Oh no, not my child, not my son, not my daughter. The psalmist found comfort in the fact that God understood him and provided for him. So I come tonight to ask you this question. What are some of the thoughts that are distressing you right now? Amen. What are some of the thoughts that are worrying you right now? Thoughts such as you just can't overcome that and you'll never get beyond that or you'll never escape that. Don't you know you can't do it? Don't you know you're not going to ever be any different than you always have been? Will this ever pass, you ask yourself, and how are we going to make it? i tell you how you're going to make it. You're going to make it because God said you're going to make it. You're going to make it because there's somebody with you that will never leave you nor forsake you. And when your feet are about to go out from under you, he's going to grab hold of you. And he's going to hold you up and say, oh, no. Not on my watch, you're not going down. Not on mine. Amen. How many times have people thought it was too late? Amen. How many have thought that they would never be able to make it? Amen. How can I make it through this? Those are the thoughts that trouble many tonight. How can they ever overcome the failures of their past? I'll tell you how you're going to overcome them. Because he's going to help you overcome it. Amen. And the consolation that the psalmist found for all of his worrying thoughts was the fact that there was a God that was greater than his problems. Amen. Greater than his problems. Greater than his shortcomings. What peace and what satisfaction and what comfort when he realized that my thoughts are never greater than his comfort. Amen. And for however many thoughts I have, God has a comfort for every thought. Goodness gracious. That ought to make you jump up and shout right there that for every negative thought that comes into your mind and every lie that your mind tries to tell you about yourself, God has something to tell you that's the exact opposite. When your mind says you can't, God says you can. When your mind said you'll never make it, God said you will make it because I'm going to help you make it. Those are the things that keep me going tonight. I don't care if I have to live with some fleas sometime. I'm going to learn how to be thankful amid my sorrows. And I'm going to learn how to rejoice even when my mind is overwhelmed and my thoughts trouble me. I'm going to rejoice not in my thoughts, but I'm going to rejoice in the God who is greater than my thoughts. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Amen. However, num- however many they number, that's how many the comforts of God are. Oh, God, help us to understand that underneath are the everlasting arms. Amen. That there is nothing, nothing that you cannot rise from or rise above. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
If God be for me, who can be against me? Those are the things that comfort me in my time of trouble. I was reading just the other day from the book of Romans, and I came into Romans 8. I love that chapter. Some, somehow there's something about chapter 8 of Romans that will make you want to come back to it over and over and over again. And I was reading, and I got to looking at all of the questions that, that Paul asked to these Romans about their situation and about their life. And he starts out like this, and he said, What shall we then say to these things? Things are not going to defeat you. Things are all of the, what you name it, whatever those things are. He said, what shall we say to these things? I'll tell you what we're going to say to them. Get thee behind me, things. You are just a thing. You're not going to stop me. You're not going to deter my destiny. You're not going to keep me from becoming what God said I could become. What shall we say to these things? And if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is on my side, who in the world could ever rise to defeat me? And he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. Some of you said some things, and he said all things. How can he not but do that, give you everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness? I'm going to tell you the best life you can ever live is a life that is lived for him. Because everything that can delight and benefit and bless you will come through him and him alone. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who has the boldness to step out and accuse the brother? If it is the devil, I'm telling you there's another one on the other side that's my defender and said, oh, that's a lie. That is the blood covered that. That's already gone. That's behind him. That's forgiven. That's forgotten. That's no longer on his chart. That's no longer a part of his record. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Amen. Who shall separate us from the love of God? I never had noticed this before. Maybe you have. But I always, in my mind, I, I think what shall separate us from the love of God. But he didn't say what. He said who shall separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither depth nor height, now I am persuaded, I, I said I am persuaded tonight, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor heights nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Makes me want to dance. <laughs> Makes me want to rejoice. Makes me want to throw my hands up. Makes me want to shout to the Lord. 
It makes me want to praise him. Oh, you say, I got fleas. I'm having to live among fleas. So what? Maybe those things have been the things that have kept you and protected you. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I don't like it sometimes when my thoughts, you can stand when my thoughts overwhelm me. I am no different than any of you, and sometimes your thoughts can run away with you. I remember as just a young person when I received the Holy Ghost, and I've told you this, but it, it made such an impact on my life that I never have forgotten, and then I've had to go back to it many times. Even my own calling to the ministry, times that I questioned whether the Lord had actually called me to preach. And that's happened recently. But you never get beyond that. But as just a young person, I'd received the Holy Ghost. And back then, you got up and told the church about it. And so I did. I testified. And everybody come by and hugged me and congratulated me. And went home that night and crawled in bed. While I'm laying there in the dark, all those thoughts started coming into my mind. And you didn't get the Holy Ghost tonight. That was just jabber. That wasn't, that, that was not the Holy Ghost. The longer I laid there, I became so afraid that I had blasphemed. You know, I'd always been taught about blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And I, I didn't want to be guilty of that. And I thought maybe that's what I had done. I had lied about the Holy Ghost. Finally, I woke my brother up and I told him, I said, James, I, I think I'm in trouble. I think, I, I, I don't know that I got the Holy Ghost. And he just kind of laughed at me and it made me mad. He said, Mark, do you think if you had not received the Holy Ghost that the devil would tell you you hadn't received the Holy Ghost? I think that's how he said it. Do you think he would waste the time if you had not received the Holy Ghost to come and try to plant that thought in your mind that you didn't get it? That in itself is a testimony that something happened in your life tonight. Amen. And how many times has that happened to all of us that our mind plays tricks on us and we think we're not going to make it? And we'll never overcome this. And we'll never get this behind us. And we'll never get past this. And the the psalmist said, "I, I have found a consolation. I have found a comfort that's greater than my troubles. I have found an encouragement that's bigger than all of my problems. And that is God. Amen. He is for me. He's not against me. Amen. God is my friend. He is not my enemy. And he's going to do everything he can to help me make it. Sometimes he has to hold me up. Sometimes he has to grab me and pick me up. But he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll never walk away from me. Even when I fail and I falter, he will not give up on me. Amen. Dan Dean wrote a song many years ago. Beautiful song. He won't give up easy. He's not the quitting kind. But you know, the reality is uh, he, he's never been a quitter. 
Isaiah said he will not fail nor be discouraged until he has done what he came to do. And so that means not only in this world but in my life, God will not quit. He will not. He, he, if anybody walks away, it will be me, not him. But as long as I will stay with him, there's no thought I don't care how black it might be and how dark and overwhelming it might seem at the moment. If you'll just hang on, there's a comfort that's going to show up. It's going to bump that thought out of the way and say, okay, now think on these things. Amen. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report. Oh, yes, come on. God wants you and I to succeed in life. He does not want me to fail. And even when I've been like the fisherman out all night fishing and I have nothing to show for it, He's not going to let me walk away without having the opportunity to succeed. And so He he tells them, launch out into the deep. And they did. And they received a drought of fish. Why? Because God doesn't want me to fail. Amen. He doesn't want you to fail. And when your mind is overwhelmed and your thoughts come and they're dark and, and, and they're depressing and they whisper so many things to you about how imperfect you are and how flawed you are and how wicked you are, listen closely because there's another voice speaking. There's another voice that's calling out to you. The psalmist found that to be the comfort of all comforts. Amen. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher. (laughs) Amen. Lift up your hands to him right now and give him praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah.